Hello, and welcome to Lore of the Flies. This is episode two of a four-part series discussing the archetypes, characters, symbols, and themes portrayed in Lord of the Flies by William Golding. I'm Duncan Lapkin, and I'm here with Owen Marcotte. In this second episode, we'll, we will be discussing chapters four and five, which is pages 59 through 94, or PDF pages 34 through 56. All quotes will be terms of PDF pages. Let's get started. In the last episode, we discussed the archetypes of water, fire, and island. In this episode, we will discuss character archetypes. Ralph represents the hero archetype. This archetype fit, fits him the best because he is the leader and authority of the boys and courageously stands up for the greater good of the group. He balances the fun-loving, chaotic nature of Jack with the understanding of Peggy, helping to lead the group in the right direction. He acts not out of a desire for power, but as a necessity, because he is the only one besides Jack who the boys would accept as a leader. This is exemplified when Ralph considers giving up the role of chief after the chaotic meeting. Golding states, I ought to give up on being chief. Here, Golding, page 55. Even though he does not want the responsibility of being chief, his friends beg him to stay, as he is the only authority brave enough to stand up to Jack and the rest of the boys and he is the only one courageous enough to order people to do what needs to be done. Piggy represents an outcast archetype. The outcast is someone who is separated from society due to an impairment or an advantage that sets him apart from others. Throughout the novel, Piggy is seen as weaker due to his asthma, glasses, and weight. These impairments cause him to be outcast by the others, despite being probably the smartest person there. Golding writes, They had grown up tacitly among the biguns, the opinion that Piggy was an outsider, not only by accent, which did not matter, but by fat and by asthmar and specs, and a certain disinclination for manual labor. Golding 37. Jack is the archetypal villain of the text. While his motives are not necessarily to harm or to be evil, his actions achieve that result. By opposing Ralph and Piggy, and by ignoring responsibilities for the sake of having fun, he is dooming the boys and threatening to tear a rift in the boys' small society. It seems like there will eventually come a point where the boys will have to choose between abandoning logic and following Jack into savagery, or an accepting responsibility and siding with Ralph, allowing him to lead them to salvation. Simon represents the innocent archetype. The innocent is someone who trusts in faith and optimism, has exceptionally high ideals and aspirations, and the belief in hard work and doing the right thing. Simon represents this archetype through his actions and knowledge. In the previous chapter, he's the only one to help Ralph construct the shelters. He shares food with Piggy when Jack won't, isn't afraid to be in the jungle alone, and most importantly, is the only one who understands that the beast is a representation of savagery and is inside everyone, rather than it being a physical being. Golding writes, what I mean is, maybe it's only us. Golding 52. The next topic to discuss is symbols. In the previous episode, we discussed the symbols of the conch, the beastie, and piggy's glasses. In this episode, we will discuss the progression of those symbols as well as the additional symbols of adults and the signal fire. The first symbol that we will mention is the conch. Golding writes that exposure to the air had bleached the yellow and pink to a near white and transparency. Golding 45. The color pink often represents friendship and togetherness, while the color yellow usually represents joy, optimism, and hope. 
as the group of boys lost those attributes pertaining to the colors, so too did the conscious colors fade. Once a symbol of leadership and authority, it now represents the degradation of authority and optimism in the group. As the exposure to the island has changed the boys, the island has changed the conch to match. In the previous episode, we explained that the beastie was a representation of childhood fear. However, it is also a symbol of innate savagery that is most of the time hidden by civilization. As the boys on the island stray further from civilization, they fall to their savage urges more. Simon understands that the beast is inside everyone and not a physical being, but others don't understand. Those such as Jack, who believe they can hunt and kill the beast, fall just further into savagery by doing so. Golding writes, Bullocks to the rules. We're strong. We hunt. If there's a beast, we'll hunt it down. We'll close in and beat and beat and beat. Golding 54. Glasses, as we said in our last episode, are often used as a symbol of wisdom and intelligence. Piggy's glasses are no exception to this trope. On page 41, Golding has Simon state that one side's broken. He is referring to Piggy's glasses, which Jack had knocked off of his head. The fact that the glasses are broken represents the boys, and specifically Jack's, increasing reluctance to listen to reason. This is likely the beginning of a dialed spiral into savagery that Jack will follow, dragging the group down with him. Adults are a symbol of safety, security, and civilization. Kids are often immature and irresponsible and look up to adults for guidance. Upon first arriving on the island, one of the first questions Piggy asked is if there were any adults on the island. The concept of wishing adults are present returns near the end of chapter 5. Ralph, Piggy, and Simon talk about wishing their family was there and what they would have done better. Golding writes, Grown-ups know things, said Piggy. They ain't afraid of the dark. They'd meet and have tea and discuss. Then things would be all right. They wouldn't set fire to the island or lose. They'd build a ship. The three boys stood in the darkness, striving unsuccessfully to convey the majesty of adult life. Golding 56. The signal fire is the boys' only hope of being rescued and escaping the island, and as such, it is their greatest responsibility. Jack and the others' reluctance to submit to that responsibility represents their deteriorating ability to remain reasonable and survive. As the fire dies down and eventually burns itself out, the boys will do the same. If they continue to follow this path of lawlessness, they will leave themselves to their own demise. Lastly, we will discuss topics that have been formed throughout this novel. These topics include civilization and savagery, strength and dominance, and human nature. A common topic throughout the novel so far has been the contrast of civilization and savagery. The longer the boys are on the island, the less civilized they've become. As civilization fades away, they fall into the beast which is the innate savagery inside them. This is evident in Jack's fight with Piggy. Upon confrontation, instead of acting rationally, Jack responds with violence, being controlled by the beast. A similar situation occurs with Roger. Roger falls to savagery when he throws stones at the little on Henry. However, still being acted upon by his former life of civilization, he purposely misses. Golding writes, Roger stooped, picked up a stone, aimed, and threw it at Henry. Threw it to miss. The stone, that token of preposterous time, bounded five yards to Henry's right and fell in the water. Roger gathered a handful of stones and began to throw them. Yet there was space around Henry, perhaps six yards in diameter, into which he dare not throw. 
Here, invisible yet strong, was the taboo of old life. Around the squatting child was the protection of parents and school and policemen and the law. Golding 36. Dominance and perceived strength is an important factor in the novel. It is these traits that allow Ralph and Jack to lead the other boys, and these traits that cause Piggy, who is the argu- arguably the most important person to listen to, to be pushed to the side and ignored. Jack is perceived as strong because of his fearlessness and desire to hunt. This is the reason that he is able to cause so much commotion and excitement in the group, even though he is not the leader and even though he is the source of most of the bad situations the boys have been in. If the boys are to survive, they must overcome their desire to bow to the most outspoken and aggressive person and instead listen to what seems like the smartest option and who seems to be the one coming up with those plans. The last topic to discuss is that of human nature. By isolating the boys on an island and removing all bounds presented by society, Golding is able to explain how humans will act. He believes that human nature is not to form civilization, as the attempt at control through electing a chief have been ineffective and will likely fall completely later in the book. He instead believes that human nature is to be driven by selfishness and dominance. Golding writes, his mind was crowded with memories, memories of the knowledge that had come to them when they were closed in on the struggling pig, knowledge that they had outwitted a living thing, imposed to their will upon it, taken away its life like a long, satisfying drink. Golding 40. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you in episode three.